This week on the Story Network Book Club, Isaiah, Mason, and I discuss The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, written by Douglas Adams and published in 1979. Yeah. <sighs> Ready? Uh, ready. Yes, you've just clicked going. So, so we, uh, that was hey. what that I mean, we can keep talking about Max shit if we want. <laughs> It's, it's all just gonna get cut. It doesn't matter. Yeah, such a big shiny thing. That's what you think. <sighs> well, he's editing it. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. what's gonna you, happen. You're right. You're right. Um, um, you, I think, uh, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide. What do you think of the book? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, like the the story itself uh, wasn't like super wow. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it seemed a little yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty short. It's it's short and it doesn't like it just seems all over the place. But the way that Douglas Adams, I had to look at the cover of your book over there to remember his name. Um, the way Douglas Adams um, writes, I just I I love it. Um, yeah, that's that's my biggest takeaway, I guess. Yeah, the story itself is um, it's just like. It's chaotic in the way that, like, life can be chaotic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. like, I think it's intentional to reflect, like, the uh, uh, improbability of, you know, the universe and the fact that there's life at all and all this shit. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely his way of describing shit and, like, crazy, wacky shit that just, like, gets cut short all of a sudden with something really mundane. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah. the part with... uh where he's talking about like the ship. I think that was one of the side note things uh, where like it's talking about the ship getting hit and like all that was broken was like some coffee cups and someone like mm. bruised their arm or something like that. But he's like, but I'm not going to tell you what, cause that's a safe thing to leave in suspense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was one part I did really enjoy myself. Yeah. Um, I really love the, like the writing style Douglas Adams has. Um, yeah, I haven't read the rest of the series, but yeah, because it's a series, right? Yeah, it's a series. I mean, technically, um, you just confirmed that, and I asked the question afterwards. But <laughs> yes, good, good uh, reflection oh, on that moment. Um, Boy, this is a series, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, the The next book is, uh, I believe, it's the restaurant at the edge of the universe, and then oh, the life, the universe, and meaning of everything. I think the way it ends. With, yeah. 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 Um yeah, I love it. <laughs> and it was just like, let's go eat. Like we're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But going back to that idea where he's just like super descriptive and like putting in these just very obscure and alien things to us as just like this is our world and then having these really weird things and then having it just be this like offhanded comment of something mundane is just, I, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just cause he's going through this like super imaginative, imaginative and uh, crazy thought process and uh, picture and, and however you want to say it. And then it's just like, but then there's this one thing to top it off. <laughs> I I like the from my perspective the Douglas Adams universe is kind of like like the peak of human knowledge is like basic shit like compared to everywhere else um like we're all like logic and then like turns out in like the truth of the universe logic is not 
very important at all. Um, <laughs> like the, the universe doesn't care about logic. And it's like a universe where like evolution is personified and it's just like, yeah, fuck this species. And like weird shit happens. And the like, yeah, like, you know, potted plants have thoughts and like, yeah, it just, it's a universe that doesn't make any sense from our understanding of it. Um, also, we are all part of a computer. Um, <sighs> um, on on that yeah. a side note of like the plant and where he's just like, and if we were to know why the plant thought this, then we might know more about the universe. And I was like, what the yeah, <laughs> like if we were to know why, we would know so much more. And it's like, well, what, what? Is that, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those like, like if we knew this one thing. We would have this whole thing figured out, but we don't. So fuck it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like the whole great question of life, the universe and everything and how it gets solved at the end, mm-hmm. which everyone always quotes the book saying that 42 is the answer to that question. But 42 is an answer to a different great, great question that it's got sparked by that question. Now they're trying to find the question and then they just like say, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the answer to life the universe and everything is like a combo of the question and answer kind of yeah exactly yeah we don't know the question how many roads must a man walk that's that sage (laughs) shit of answering a question with another question Mm -hmm. basically yeah except it's Uh, a computer a really snarky computer (laughs) (laughs) yeah gotta love the personality of the computer yeah Um, like the marvin the depressed robot yeah uh, the fucking heart of gold computer Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't oh eddie Eddie. yeah yeah oh yeah eddie he's like you could call me kevin makes you i don't i don't know know. all right close Um, to marvin yeah just like the even with like the computers and the serious was it like serious cybernetics division or whatever just like all of the offhanded comments that are made about it and yeah uh, about mm -hmm. serious um Mm -hmm. and like all the shit that i can't think of any off the top of my head um the one where it's talking about how like probably in the future they'll be the first ones to die in a war or something like that oh yeah and then there's the copy of the book that travels backwards through time mm -hmm. and it's like they were the first ones to die in the people's revolt (laughs) yep exactly (laughs) and it's just like all of these obscure offhanded things that really make his style of writing uh that uh, what it is i would say Mm -hmm. Uh, and i love in a pre-smartphone world Douglas Adam created the idea of like an ebook, except for it has physical keys for the pages instead of digital keys. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the nook. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> like uh, what year was this originally published? I didn't even think of that because yeah. he, yeah, because I was just like, okay, yeah. An- another thing, it that- didn't click to me that it was just like an ebook. I thought it was like this weird box device that like 1945 really interesting oh damn wait no hold on never mind i don't know what i am never mind it's a it's from 1980 and they have uh they want to wait hold on 79 and then republished (laughs) in 80 and then republished this copy was printed in 2005 and they wanted to say special thanks uh to uh a grateful acknowledgement is made to will 
Williamson Music for permission to reprint lyrics on page 129 through 30 from You'll Never Walk Alone by Richard Roger and Oscar Hammingstein II, copyright 1945 by Williamson Music. Yeah. So, yeah. Because there's there's the point where the guided missile the guided missiles are going for their ship, uh, and the sh- the Eddie the the voice of the ship is just singing to mm-hmm. them, and it's mm-hmm. just. But uh, the fucking God. the whale, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whale's good. I don't know if there's much like deep analysis to do on this book. It's just a fun one. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's some. I I think there's some like good satire analysis. Too. Yeah, yeah, I think there's yeah. definitely um, some shit we can look at and pull out of it. But in terms of like, it's also I think just written to be like a funny book. Yeah, I, yeah, that too. You know, I um, feel like subliminal messages. There's not a lot usually there, other than maybe like. The fact of like uh, Beeble Brox being a figurehead of like as the president of mm-hmm, the Imperial that. Universe or, or whatever. Um, him and Kirk get mashed together for Zap Brannigan. Really? I think. I'm pretty is that sure. What it is? But I don't know. He reminded me a lot of him. Yeah. That was um, like my first, like when I, uh, when, he, when Zephod, whatever, showed up, I was like, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know how, saying. yeah, direct like inspiration is and stuff um i i know very little about the writing of futurama but um i think they definitely are the same archetype of character at the very least of Mm -hmm. like staples in this like Mm -hmm. braggadocious super charismatic but fucking stupid yeah Yeah. (laughs) um also okay so he performed brain surgery on himself to lock away part of his own brain yeah and like which every now and then i'd be like did he like even actually do that or is he just like so dumb he's convincing himself that he did that because he doesn't he, know any i don't know he did i think he did but like there's i've i don't know i like His whole character just like keep is second just... my guess second guessing myself on like uh, all um, of his intentions yeah his whole character <laughs> is as the book is just all over the place and just even more so a personification of stupidity really but just being so like confident and charismatic that it always works out for him (laughs) i would say from from my point of view like the themes of the book really stuff behind it is about how like it's it's constantly commenting on like the meaninglessness of life and yet like life creates like a structure to have meaning in but then that whole structure is meaningless so then you end up in like going to work every day so that you can pay your bills so that you have purpose but then like it's like it fucking matters yeah yeah like it's definitely like a lot of commentary on like the mundane Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and like you know the hitchhikers uh obviously are very anti that as talking about like oh we're gonna line these people up and shoot them in the revolution and yep. all this um and uh yeah yeah i think that's like uh, yeah which the, is the commentary of the book like making the robot personality profile the human personality profile whatever the fuck mm-hmm. um the genuine yeah personality something something i kept there's in the traveler rpg system there's like a personality profile sheet that's like your stats and i kept mixing up that term with the one from the book um, yeah the gpp but like why would uh 
why would you make a depressed robot? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I'm kind of, like, obviously just because you can, but, like, I don't know. I don't know if the intent was even to make a depressed robot. It was just the fact that it was, like, a genuine like personality a, uh, of a human. Yeah. A humanoid, I guess, essentially. That it's just, like, there's there's no meaning. Everything is sad and, and yeah. trite and, and <laughs> sucks. And so it's just him reaching the logical end that everything is shitty yeah <laughs> so he's depressed it's giving full sentience to a ultra intelligent slave <laughs> it's, it's like oh, the end yeah. result yeah. is it just being like well yeah like as it complains like it can calculate like how much of this type of atom is in this like whole sector of the universe and then it's like gotta go fetch people Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah. He's not having a good one. His combination of this just like crazy, like alien, like super sentience type of stuff in the mundane just is is what gets me and made me. I was literally laughing throughout the whole book yeah. of mm-hmm. just random things that were said. Yeah, I really um I like at the beginning uh with the. Uh, Babelfish? Is that what it's called? Babelfish? I think it's um, pronounced Babelfish in the yeah. audiobook. Yeah, he says he says Babelfish in the audiobook, but I've uh, always thought heard it as Babelfish. Babel, yeah, I also expected I wonder Babelfish. if in England you say Babel differently. I don't know. Interesting. Um, I, don't, that's, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> idea. How is um, it spelled? Uh, Just like Babel. Is, is there I, two Bs? Let me... I believe so. Technically three. Well, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Two B's in the middle of the word. Just because I feel like it could be a distinct uh, pronunciation thing if it if there's two B's or also, one B. Also, if you in find some of those like side note things, point them out to me. Um, will do. Uh, like here's this here is the the first one the presidential one um i but what i was going to say about the battlefish is um or babelfish or how whatever it is actually the can telepathic language fish you stick in your ear um yeah. was i love the the argument that happens both ways on how like this thing is so useful and great that it proves god exists but god doesn't want yeah. you to know he yeah. exists so if it proves he exists he doesn't exist and then god's like oh and stops existing yeah, yeah. And, then it was like, and then man tried to prove that black is white and then also <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so these uh these things he just reads them during mm. the like right where the asterisk is for he has, a, he has a tone change for everybody yeah. listening um he makes uh use of having like little footnotes um that are like two paragraphs long mm-hmm. and stuff um great example i is, totally didn't preface the comment i just made <laughs> yeah um well two of us listened to the audiobook and not read a physical copy so true I wonder um, which ones they are. I wonder who's to say. Um, also, I liked that, like the the moment for the death of the Earth is there was a uh, terrible, ghastly silence, and then a terrible, ghastly noise, and then a terrible, ghastly silence, and like mm-hmm. that's, that's it. it. All right, Earth's gone. Yeah, <laughs> like, moving on. It's just like, oh, okay, shit. Yeah. Also, and, I uh, love the uh, like Earth's gone. Then you just like forget about it, and then there's like. 
Earth was designed. <laughs> We're oh, making a new Earth. You, Earth Mark we, don't, we don't need a new Earth. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. After they found out that there was still an Earthling alive, they're like, oh, we don't need that. So fuck it. We're just going to take your brain and run with it. Yeah. Chopping in little bits. Yeah. Have um, to be prepared. Yeah. I really like the uh, idea of this like organic planet computer. Um, yeah. which I don't know if you guys remember, but at the very beginning of the book, they mention a lady that was like sitting in her living room and was like, <gasps> and had an idea and ran to the phone. And mm-hmm. that was, I presume the idea on, you know, that was the answer to all of existence. And then, uh, they got blown up. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's like the whole beginning part of where he's just talking about like a woman who in her thirties, like, mm-hmm. Had, came to this miraculous revelation, but that's not her. This is not her story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, Earth is home to the worst poetry in all of existence. Yeah. Ah, I love it. It's great. <laughs> some random dude in somewhere. And in I England, love that I Arthur, remember. like, didn't actually completely hate the. Oh, the Vogon. Yeah. The Bogon poetry. poetry. Yeah. He was just like, that's fine. Um, and kind of parallels between the book and the movie. The movie was very similar in a lot of ways. Um, I haven't seen the movie. I saw it when it first came out long ago. It's been some time since I've seen it, but, um, I think it's on Netflix. Maybe. But the... I will say that I'll check it out and then uh, probably forget. Nice. It's much more entertaining as a read or listen, I would say, than it is as a movie. Um, just cause there's like minor details that the book is able to touch on more and yeah. it kind of rounds it out more in my opinion. Um, but oh, well, and so much, so many of the jokes are in the narration mm-hmm. that like they still have narration actually. Ah, yeah. I didn't remember that. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. Here and there. I have a couple gripes towards the beginning. Okay. Of I, bad anthropology. Let's, let's talk about these gripes. Um, at one point, uh, he says that we descended from apes. Which we like didn't come from apes. We came from a common ancestor. Right. Um, also, like he uses the term mongoloid, which is probably just from the times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Seventy-nine. Other than that, it was <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, he makes a thing about like not uh, the Vogons never evolved. Yeah, um, that's he, interesting. Like, which I guess if this is a parallel, you, you know, I don't know. I, I think I think the idea the isn't that it's a parallel universe. It's that our conception of the universe is we understand like such a minuscule amount of it that mm-hmm. the rest of the universe doesn't care about us. Like mostly harmless. Yeah, we're mostly <laughs> harmless. <laughs> and that's yeah. all Got that mostly is. in there. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we're totally yeah. harmless, I guess. That's that's an interesting point on like the anthro anthropological mm-hmm. uh, errors, I guess. I don't know if that would be the correct way to say it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like the Mongoloids and and the apes, where it's mostly just like common ancestry. And if you go back far enough, it's not like we're actually related to apes. It's like yeah, well, I'm not the anthropological anthropology major here, so <laughs> they're like our our cousins there was a weird in-between thing that looked like both of us that we split from nice back I'd, when we got I'd kicked out of trees and i before, did take an intro to anthropology class so i kicked out of trees <laughs> <laughs> we overstayed our welcome <laughs> 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 yeah we just had to leave 
We were um, like, oh, bye, trees. Uh, I'm going to look up the name of it so you guys should talk about some shit. But there's this weird rat thing that we came from. Oh, fun. Really? Um, um, oh, um, I love how many like meaningless coincidences there are. Especially like hmm. uh, there was a lot. I feel like that was something that was talked about more towards the beginning. Um, and then just made a couple of references to later on. But like uh, the coincidence of the... Uh, planet that the heart of gold was being built on like the fact that uh france was the name of the island and yeah. uh what was the name of the that like shore had a different um, like uh earth geology name I, I i can't remember specifically what it is but i i know what you're talking about um but yeah yeah, yeah all these things that it's just like crazy little coincidences and it's just like yeah universe is giant and you know Weird that's, stuff happens. That seemed to be like one of the common themes that we kind of hit on earlier a little bit is just like the improbability of everything is, you know, it doesn't really matter that much because they can happen and, and will, you know. Isn't that Murphy's Law? Everything that. Yeah, if something bad happen, happen, it will happen. Yeah. Or Some, something yeah. along the lines of that. If something can happen, it will happen type of idea. Yeah. Um,. I love his character names. Uh, they're they so get, they get wild. Yeah, like especially like the other dimension people. Mm-hmm. Like, how is how is this guy's name name pronounced? That um, like Majik Thice. Uh, I feel like like some of the, it's literally at least by the um, narrator of the book. It's literally magic thighs. Yeah. Yeah. He says magic thighs. <laughs> magic thighs. Oh, I love that. Oh man. Oh man, just, I love that. They're they're crazy. Um yeah, Slarty Bartfast was the, the some of the other names. Yeah, like looking through the ones that you wrote down. They're they're crazy and who knows if the narrator pronounced them as intended even. Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, I liked that uh, when Slarty Bartfast is showing Arthur the hologram um, of like the conceiving of Earth. Mm. Um, they how it ends is like similar to like how film ends, where it gets all like weird. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. for the hologram, it's like yeah, the like everyone kind of like squishes out, and the ceiling and floor smash together, <laughs> and just like the room explodes. And yeah. it's like, oh, End of the tape. Very violent, like yeah, kind of attitude of um, yeah, just with like a weird kind of like similarity to film or VHS. Mm. Um, that I thought was kind of fun. Yeah, that is interesting. So I don't remember this being the name of them, but they're like Eutherians. I guess it's like a type of rodent. Um, but just imagine like a giant fucking rat with a prehensile tail and like monkey feet. <laughs> How big? Like, are we talking like dire like, rat size? Like large? Dire rats? <laughs> <laughs> um, dire animals were real things, weren't they? Yeah, dire wolves were a real ass thing. That's why Irish wolf mm-hmm. sounds were bred yeah, in to okay. kill them all off. I was just going to say. They were big motherfuckers. I'm not just trying to make a <laughs> D&D reference here. I'm talking like real, like, dire wolves and dire tigers and shit. Yeah, just like monkey-sized rat. God damn. That's, that's a big rat. Yeah. I don't like that. Also, I rodents do, but don't, I don't have uh, orbital bars. 
or closure. So like you can touch the side of their head and feel their eyeball. That's weird. It, like because there's less bone, they can get through smaller spaces that way. Uh, speaking of Same rats, way that ferrets can like go under a fucking door. Oh, and they just kind of like squish. Yeah, they just like <laughs> through. <sighs> um, speaking of rats, turns out mice are the people running the planet. Yeah, um, they yeah. control all of our scientific advancement subtly, and is, uh, yeah, it's steer great. us. The moment that um, Slardy Bartfast is talking to Arthur about how they're like the most intelligent creatures that were on Earth, and and Arthur comes to that revelation, and he's like, "Oh, like common misconception or like or misunderstanding. Like we were running experiments on them, and mm-hmm. they would teach us." Like and he just has this moment where he trails off and he's just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> they were guiding everything that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then he good. gets into a room with them after making that revelation. He's like, "What the fuck, mice?" He, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How is Slarty Bartfast spelled? Probably about as you would imagine, like that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Also, a um, comment on Slardy Bartfast: the fact that like his planet builds other planets mm-hmm. as like a business, and then they've been asleep for five million years because the universe isn't rich enough. <laughs> yeah, to build so. fucking planets. Just being like, as a species, just like, yeah, we'll come back when you're ready. Yeah, <laughs> too poor for us. <laughs> exactly, and even still, like, he makes the comment. Or Arthur was like, oh, so, like, you're back? Like, you're awake? And he's like, oh, no, no, just this one big commission to make another Earth. Mm-hmm. And then, as we said before, they don't need it because Arthur's still alive. The fjords aren't equatorial enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, won a design award for Finland. But, like, all he can... Uh, Norway. 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 All yeah. he Damn. can do is fucking make fjords. <laughs> <laughs> But then he talks about how it like was going in and out of like trend and, and fashion for mm-hmm. planets. It's just like this is such a wild idea of talking about like yeah. trends for building planets. Yeah. Um mm. uh I also I really like at the pre Earth destruction, uh the interaction between Ford and the bartender yeah. of uh for like giving yeah. him like a whole five note and then being like keep it and he's like oh thank you and then when he does it for peanuts the bartender like realizes that like oh the world's about to end yeah, <laughs> yeah he just like, gave oh, me way too really much money the world's gonna end and it talks about this like i don't remember exactly how it described it but like this energy that a being gives off when they are far away from home for a long time and humans never experience that because we're never more than 1600 miles or kilometers away from our home mm-hmm. and it's like and in the big picture that's not that far which is just like fuck you earth yeah <laughs> the whole time yeah i, I, I like would it you all. prefer the outcome of we discover for sure that we are the only ones or that there is a giant bustling community of extraplanetary species depends on the temperament uh, of that community yeah that's kind of <laughs> them what not caring about say. us it's just like they're doing <laughs> their own shit and then like i mean as long as we can like go interact with them if like if it's a situation like this where like we're stuck on earth and we have no way to get to them and we just know that like oh there's like a big galactic party going on and we're stuck here like that kind of suck but i guess you know it'd probably kick our ass in gear um yeah 
hopefully. Yeah. Though it doesn't seem too necessarily for all the other species, so yeah. Also, <laughs> um, I just the uh, Arthur's words shooting back through a wormhole, and then <laughs> yes. starting a giant war, and then after generations, I'm realizing it was us and coming here and getting eaten by a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like starting on this like side note of just like epic proportions of like they were at war for thousands of years and destroyed their galaxy, and then they figured out it was all just a misunderstanding, and then they came to Earth to destroy it, and it's just like due to uh like sizing error. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't remember exactly I think the way it's like it was gross, said. Uh, miscalculation of scale or something yes. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, dog. Yeah. Uh, Just all of the... Yeah, going back to that idea of crazy alien stuff, mundane ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, also uh, old Jack Spirit. Janks, yeah. Janks, Jank, Jank, old Jank spirit, um, of just like mega alcohol that has its own rehab center, <laughs> and like, and he, like, yeah, the specific drink, and then you find out that freaking President Beeblebrox was the one that freaking made it up, or he he made up the uh, the best cocktail yeah. in the universe using that, yeah. Um, yeah, um, I love <laughs> yeah. like how intertwined everything is at the same time that it's also random. Like it's like you know, oh Ford Prefect, and it's like oh, it turns out he's the cousin of the president of semi, the galaxy, semi cousin, semi cousin of the president of the galaxy. What the fuck is a semi cousin? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and I love like it. all the like ultra red. And like the different like ultra decor shit, uh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> which the, is that just like ultraviolet, where it's just past art, visible. Um, also, know. also a note on colors and how they're used in this book. The freaking sentient, sentient color of blue. Yeah, what, I was the, the that up. When did that happen? Dude, uh, it was like like twice. It was mentioned just in like small passages, but. Yeah, the existence of a sentient, of oh, a super intelligent no. sentient color of blue. Yeah. The first <laughs> one was when the president is like rolling up to the um, uh, unveiling of uh, the heart of gold before he steals it. And it goes through like the humanoids, the reptiloids and blah, 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 whatever else it says. And one, I can't remember what remember it says. That. It's like one super sentient shade of blue. And it's just like. <laughs> What? <laughs> I love it. It's just so wild. Um, all right. One thing, it's a little arbitrary, but in terms of like character progression and how Arthur progresses throughout the story, like, what are your thoughts on on that? He like he he makes. He makes a, like progress on things and then he regresses. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. my thought exactly. And it's like he's there to like depict how small in scope humans are. Um, and I think also a couple times like the the British personality, like all he wants is some tea, some tea. and mm-hmm. he gets this thing that's like almost not quite exactly unlike tea or some shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like this whole machine that like scans all of your taste buds and runs through your like fucking 
like goes into your nervous meta- system like, and your neural pathways, and then puts out yep. the same drink every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. It's so good. Um, well, and also he he is like he is definitely like playing the role of the straight man in which like you compare all of the weirdness of the universe to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like um, the reference point of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the like he's like the most mundane. <laughs> when he's thinking about back on Earth, and like he's thinking of all these things, and he doesn't feel anything, and then he thinks of, like thinks of his mom and doesn't feel anything. Yeah. He thinks of a stranger in line, and he gets upset that he won't be able to go to the store. And, and when he, and he thinks of um like there's no more like Coca Cola. And then he, or no, it was McDonald's. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like (laughs) his brain. Um, um, yeah, definitely. It's definitely a non mundane book about the mundane. Mm -hmm. But definitely the way he'll like start to progress and like understand things. And then something else will come up and he'll just be like, what? I don't understand. Like, yeah. Yeah. And just go back to that idea of like, everything's crazy again which i think that's kind of uh commentary on like how we are as earthlings as soon as new like crazy information is provided we're back to square one easily distractible we don't like we could we could band together (laughs) and make some amazing progress but we don't Mm -hmm. yeah um oh you brought it up last night but i really the line about uh, the uh, the halo boxes hovered in the air in much the ways or float in the air much the way and that bricks don't. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's just such a great Douglas Adam sentence. Yo, uh, that that was probably one of my favorite lines in the whole book of like talking about <laughs> this monumental like ships all around here to destroy the earth hanging in the sky, much like bricks don't. And it's just another <laughs> one of those moments of like, what what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad this one because I've had a lot of hype over the years because I had never mm-hmm. read it until uh, like a week ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad it lived up to all the hype. Yeah, like it's a really yeah. fucking good one. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a very funny author, and I definitely want to read uh, more of his shit. Same, mm-hmm. and like we already talked about, it's not even like the story that makes it. It's just the way he writes and his description of like the world around the characters mm-hmm. um also another side note freaking i can't remember trillion's actual name but oh yeah it's oh, like it's it's basic like earth name like tr- trina or it tr- starts tr- i thought it was her it was like a z in my brain i thought it was just like like tina mcmillan or something like that trina mcmillan mcmillan and then they just like put her name together and it's trillion I that, thought that's that what sounds, it was. That's probably that. But that could have also been a point where I wasn't listening super closely. Um, I, I'm flipping through the book like I'm about to find it quickly, but like that's not. <laughs> Trisha Marie McMillian, also known as Trillian Astra. Yep. Nice. Played by Zoe Deschanel in uh, the movie. That's probably where my brain's pulling. That could be yeah. played by Sandra Dickinson as Trillian from the TV adaption. Oh, whoa. Yeah. The guy um, fucking 80s hair. Yep. Oh, I yeah. Turned it around. <laughs> I saw it instantly and I was like, yep. That volume. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, it was weird because I would get flashes of visuals from the movie while reading through it. 
Um, but then there would also be like flashes of stuff that happens in the movie and not in the book. Mm. Like they show like the uh, like the Vargon homeworld in the movie, I believe. That Maybe. I don't remember specifically. Very possible. I but think they like, kind of I, describe I, it a little bit. And then it just makes like, it seem like they like initially the Vogons like, like crawled out like, of the swamps. Belching swamps mm-hmm. and shit. But yeah. then later I thought it described it as like like the trees were like beautiful and just like magnificent and everything else was just this amazing like nature mm-hmm. and then there's like they destroyed it all yeah they just they, turned it into like offices or yeah. whatever and they yeah they became the you know the bureaucrats of the uh, galaxy <laughs> yeah um one of the main differences i noticed between the book and the movies that the movie focuses a lot more on like the romance between arthur and trillian yeah, it's not the really part of the book. That didn't really even happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like they make the like couple comments of where like Arthur was trying to talk to her at the party, and then Phil rolls up and like takes her away, essentially. Which I love that Arthur knows him. He's like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and Ford's just like, "What? Yeah. Like, what the fuck?" He's like, like for super a moment, offended. Uh, like Ford is. Uh, put in like Arthur's position mm-hmm. in the storytelling like uh, structure, and Ford's just like no, no, what? Yeah, uh, he's like very offended that Arthur, who's like knows nothing of the universe, this like pissing of knowledge, yeah, knows the president <laughs> of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and god. he was like, literally, I'm from another planet. Yep. Oh god. <sighs> Yeah, be such an annoying fucker to deal with. <laughs> yeah, but in the movie, they like they still have that in there, but then they have much more of like, uh, like, what would the, what would it be called? Like requited romance uh, between Arthur and Trillian, and then they like are sort of a couple at the end. You know, much the way that I don't like that things hmm. do happen. Yeah, that's different. So okay, I don't. Like the thing of like there always has to be some sort of romance in movies. I really liked in Rogue One how they could have kissed on the beach and they're like, no, we're just going to chill here and die. And they didn't like they chose not to make that like a sudden like weird romance move. I have a whole rant I could go on about Rogue One, but that is conversation for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is. uh, it's a good book. Yeah, but the romance is more of an underlying thing. Like, it's not the main story. It's just kind of an underlying thing throughout the whole thing on top of everything else that happens in the book. Mm-hmm. Another thing is they have, like, a truth gun in the movie. Oh, weird. Like, the the prize at the end of their quest, um, like, on top of having deep thought, um, there's, there's, like, some weapon that was made. Um, and that's what, uh, Bezel, Brock, whatever his name is, is looking Bezel for. Brocks? I wonder. Brock's, yeah. I don't fucking know. I and wonder if gun. that is part of the larger series. Oh, and good point. Oh, it was yeah. just like a mashing down. It's interesting how like, like if you look at like what happens, what progress in their journey is made in this book, it's like leave earth, get shot into space, meet up with the, like the rest of the people. Go straight to the planet they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, find yeah. <laughs> uh, all this stuff. 
and then escape and go get dinner. And that, that's, that's the book. That's essentially <laughs> the basic storyline of this book. Yeah. It's it's like he took like a like adventure plot and then just like smoothed it over until it was mundane and weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, he put like, it in his rock polisher. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's just like like even an adventure somehow turns out kind of bland. Yeah. But like in an odd way. Um, I almost feel like that's kind of the point, though. Mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's like it's a good. Everything is strange but bland at the same time, all the way down. <laughs> oh man! Which I wonder if there are any other Earthlings in the rest of the books. Probably not, but like I could also see it just being like, oh yeah, here's this other dude from Earth that got picked up randomly. It, yeah, yeah. Um, Happened to be trying to hail a taxi and got picked up by a flying saucer. <laughs> Some like random, random shit like that. Since it's just like th- the thumb. Mm-hmm. Also, I do like that. Like dolphins are a intelligent intergalactic or interplanetary species that they just like came here and they're like, yeah, we're just gonna party. That's how <laughs> yeah. they just live in the ocean, and do what they want. Uh, that's another one of the differences I can remember from the movie like the way part of it starts off is just like all of the dolphins have mysteriously disappeared yeah Um, didn't they do like a whole musical number yeah yeah that's right they do talking about how like how they're leaving and then it's just like it's a passing comment in the book yeah um yeah interesting weird rearranging of stuff yes um also, I like the idea of like the giant space in which they build planets is big enough to where you see it and it gives you like the idea of infinity and you mm-hmm. can wrap your head around infinity. But when you look on actual infinity, it's so vast that you can't comprehend it. Um, I don't know. I like that. I think yeah. there's something yeah, kind of fun about that. There's like the comment. I remember the speed bump I was driving over when he was describing that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. And like the comment that he makes that's just like the number infinity is flat or something like that. And then when he's describing the difference between infinity and this seemingly infinite room, I just remember something like that. And it's like another one of those moments where it's like, what, what was that? Yeah. What it's, does that mean? It's kind of like. Like in an infinite universe where there's infinite possibilities and infinite weird species, it all just becomes like flattened out and normal, um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. This was, it was weird. Um, yeah. Good book. Very funny. It was like, yeah, listening to it, there are definitely points that I actually laughed out loud, not just LOL'd. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Any other closing remarks? Otherwise, I have like one question to wrap it up. I don't think I have anything. What would you say your favorite part, like favorite, mm. like favorite instance throughout the storyline? Not necessarily like part of the book, but in the storyline, what was your favorite part that was brought up? Even if it's one of the side stories or side notes, side comments. Oh, genuine people personalities is the name of the AI um, stuff. Uh, I had bookmarked a spot, but not written down why I bookmarked it, but that was also mm. on the page that I bookmarked. <laughs> nice. I might go back to try and figure out why I bookmarked it. Mm. Oh, let's uh, let's give you a minute to look over your bookmarks then. I'm thinking it was probably just about the 
the revolution comment and the book coming back through time, which we already talked about. Oh, I loved, I like the, uh, like how he does dialogue is really good. Like when the uh, missiles are flying at the ship and, uh, it, they runs through all of their reactions, um, with, Oh, said Trillian or said Arthur. Well, said Ford, look, look. said, uh, Zaphod. And it's, it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this full rotation of like, uh, nothing happening and he takes up like four lines of the book with it <laughs> and like i don't know it's good it's good yeah sorry what was the original question um favorite part ah favorite yeah part. um i think i really enjoyed the the description of the whales or yeah the whales thought process right before right after it came into existence right before it exited existence <laughs> um just all of those little things, like the the weird little asides. Yeah. I think mine would be the other dimension where they built this, like they spent a ton of time building this giant mega computer and then it had to process for like millions of years mm-hmm. to tell them how to build this other computer that's a planet. Like, and I don't, I don't know. I like the idea of, um, I wrote it down, it was like a hundred million years in the making to get to the answer from when they started of just like, Yep, the species in another dimension has just, like, been doing that for so long that, like, whole other galactic civilizations can rise and fall in between. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, the, uh, the, some of the asides, I think, were definitely the most, like, fun parts, like the whale and and the flower pot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah, mine uh, mine was probably also like the whale where it's kind of going through his thought process and it's just like, who am I? What am I doing? What is this thing? And then he's like, what What do I call this? Oh, uh, my stomach. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's okay. Um, And then it just follows up like this like almost epic 30-second adventure of this whale and then the flower, plot, flower pot is just like, not again. <laughs> 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 oh uh, yeah i felt like they definitely could have done more with like the improbability stuff like they do a little bit mm-hmm. more with it in the movie and make it a little wackier and and whatever but there's only like a couple instances where it like seems wacky in the book which is totally fine like that's the author's discretion mm-hmm. um but i felt like he could have done more with it but maybe not quite up to like the weird level of the movie mm-hmm. yeah um well the movie's got the advantage of like visuals true um yeah yeah i uh i want to read the rest of the series and i'm interested to see i don't know what each other book is like and what the story is like as a whole because it definitely like this feels like chapter one um yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an entirely enclosed thing, and mm-hmm. it's not. How many more books are there, do we know? Did we find that out? Uh, let me check. That's what I was going to look at. So there's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe, Life, the Universe, and Everything, and So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, and then Mostly Harmless. So, five books. And at the beginning of this book, I didn't realize I had a page um, that I just skipped past that is uh, listing the various praises for Mostly Harmless. So this must have come out 
relatively recent. Like this printing must have happened relatively recently after the finishing that book. I guess maybe mm-hmm. not. Um. Yeah. Any other uh, things about this book? Nope, not specifically. It's a it's a funny one. It is. Yeah, for it's sure. just it's just a really funny book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it probably wasn't like the greatest analysis choice, but I think it's good reading. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, next week we will be reading uh, the Great Train Robbery by Michael Creighton. Ooh, yeah. Um, oh, boy. trains. Yeah, oh, boy. mysteries. Do. Do, 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 um, 